Hello and welcome back to the Azeem Digital Asks podcast. I am mega, mega excited uh, to do this episode today. There's not going to be a long intro. Uh, we're talking all about achieving growth on LinkedIn. And rather than giving the full spiel, I'm just going to say she's the absolute queen of LinkedIn. If you don't follow or connected with Fiona on LinkedIn, Press pause in the episode and just do it right now. Uh, and I'm hoping to learn lots of stuff from her. She's just constantly sharing awesome stuff. And basically, she's a legend. Fiona, welcome to the show. Wow, thank you. <laughs> How's it going? What's new? What do you know? How is life? It's going great. It's busy. Uh, just got back from Manchester after an event last night. But yeah, it's going well. How about you? The dream is being lived right now. I've been looking forward to this episode for a long time, uh, mainly because I've started to get a little bit more active on LinkedIn. But every day I just see you sharing like knowledge galore, and I just thought the audience would benefit from learning that from you. And I don't think that we've got an episode to date where someone's specifically talking about this topic. And I thought, well, who better to do this than you? So rather than me waffling on, for those of the audience who are watching or listening uh, and shamefully do not know who you are, would you mind giving like a short and better introduction to yourself? Uh, sweet. I'm Fiona Bradley. I'm the founder of FBCom Social Media Agency in Lean City Centre. And we run profiles for companies and ads. So I set up as a freelancer the week before the first lockdown um, and then with work I was doing through there. I mean, I lost all my clients in a day. My week just went dead. And then because I'd already been doing a bit on LinkedIn, but I always use it to keep in touch with people that I previously worked with and make myself visible. So within a week of going back through my phone book and putting some posts out, I got booked out five days again. And then through my content, I was getting more leads in than just me alone could handle, started working with other freelancers and then over just over a year ago took it limited and started building the team full time. So there's three of us full time, soon to be four, um, and about six contractors uh, doing design bits and things that I'm not great at. <laughs> that is uh, incredible. And as it stands right at this moment, do you know how large your community is on LinkedIn? I think I've just hit 23,000. That is amazing. Congratulations. So, look, let's just uh, let's dig right into that. That's the, the meat and bones of this episode. So, uh, my first question for you is, what would you say would have been some of the key factors that's kind of contributed to your incredible growth on LinkedIn? Being consistent. I know everyone doesn't like to hear it and they all want the silver pill of the one trip, you know, <laughs> 50,000 followers overnight, but I don't have it. Um, <laughs> I was just posting every single morning. Um, it, it makes it so much easier if you initially define what you want to do, so who you are. I'm Fiona Bradley, I'm a content marketer. Um, what do you offer? content marketing, paid ads, social media, and who for small businesses, I want to attract other marketers that I might want to hire. And then it's easy for me to use 
those content pillars that I've already set to just smash out content on the fly. When you've done that and you know what you want to talk about and who you want to aim it at and who wants to benefit, it's easier than coming out with something from thin air. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've thought of something, but I'll ask you later on. <laughs> Let's flip it on its head then. So you mentioned there, you know, people want like the silver pill, the silver bullet. When you're looking at other people, uh, I was going to say in the same space, but just in general on LinkedIn who are trying to grow, what would you say are some of the, the biggest mistakes that they're making? Obviously, you don't have to name names, but just in general, where are people making the most mistakes in your opinion? Producing content that doesn't have value in it. So, you know, just sharing something that they've seen someone else share or not added personality in it using chat gpt to (laughs) (laughs) cardinal sin it's writing without personality really putting boring stuff is we have clients in some of the content if you know the topics aren't sexy but you want to write with personality and i think that's what makes me stand out sometimes and I'm seeing more and more people doing it really well and writing how you'd speak, putting emojis in there. It's not unprofessional when you look at the stats of how much they can boost engagement and readability and things like that. It's writing something that's really stale, like really long chunk of text. It's not readable, what points on in there. It's still social media, it's not blooming blog. Uh, <laughs> if you've got a long chunk of text, just break it up into a carousel, just even people clicking on that and turning it around, that's an engagement. Make it fun. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure that you would have experienced what I'm about to mention on a much larger scale, but <clears throat> in the past couple of months when I've been more active on LinkedIn, it just seemed like every second person was just putting up a carousel. Uh, and a lot of it was, like you said, it was just words. Like, I didn't, I don't know why it was a carousel. And then I also hated myself for <laughs> scrolling through it, which has probably helped, <laughs> helped them. But yeah, what a pain. This leads me on very nicely to, to my next question. So it's about balancing. So how would you say from your own experience, how do you balance the need to share like sort of valuable content, but also promoting your own business on LinkedIn? How do you do those separately or do you do them together? How, how do you do that? Uh, is, is it Pareto's law, the 80, 20 principle? So 80% of the time you're sharing valuable content and 20% of the time you're actually talking about your business or what you're offering so that 80 percent would be talking about events i'm going to because i want to find more events and talking about speaker things i'm doing because i want more speaker opportunities or our onboarding process so people can take from it or other people that might want to work with us will see it and apply and then the 20 percent, the selling bit um i just talk about the work we've actually done testimonials results or you know behind the scenes on shoots or even that could be an event breakdown of a talk that i've done or something like that that's really useful actually i didn't consider that 80 20 law in the context of uh, linkedin that's definitely a topic uh, or a, an idea i should say that i'm going to steal from you thank you very much i'm sure the listeners and viewers will too um 
you've obviously you post a lot on LinkedIn. You mentioned that you you post every day. In fact, if I sidestep for a minute, I vividly remember when we were both in Brighton and waking up for breakfast. You'd already woken up, been out for like a run, a swim, and you were smashing out some more content. You were literally just a machine when it comes to content. Super envious. My question is, after bigging you up so much, there, uh, my question is, in your own, from your own experience, what types of content formats would you say? perform the best for you bullet points um really if you can break something down or mm. i use the format x or y for pretty much everything and always an odd number because someone wants i think i might have seen it on twitter so it's obviously true but people remember odd numbers better so three reasons why your ads aren't converting or five meta updates you need to be aware of um the seven things that we did to get this client's website traffic doubled that's the kind of format that i use and then break it down or even if you're using like the emojis with the bullet points it just adds readability and it gives it structure and then you can put a little conclusion at the end or you know get in touch if you want these kinds of results or to learn more that's brilliant thanks very much for sharing that no idea about the uh the odd number thing as well already Pretty much halfway into the episode, I'm learning loads. This is fantastic. My question for you then is, you mentioned earlier on about how you started to use LinkedIn, keeping in touch with colleagues, et cetera, et cetera. And you mentioned then about uh, getting opportunities or talking about opportunities. Ultimately, I'm getting on to the point of relationships. So how would you say that you go about building like meaningful relationships on the platform and has anything huge come from the back of a relationship that you've built on LinkedIn? I think that's really key because I've built my connections and followers in a meaningful way. There's people way bigger than me on there. Uh, my friend Ellie Middleton, she's got to 250,000, but they're mm. all people that are really interested in her content. But then I could have easily grown to 50,000 in half the time, but you want people that are actually relevant to you uh, so you want to be connecting with marketers or you know people that would be your ideal client rather than anyone and everyone and actually then speaking to those people so my i suppose conversion funnel is at the top of the funnel i go to in-person events do loads of networking i run networking events so one last night i was at two yesterday actually and then they add me on, I connect with everyone on LinkedIn. And then because of my content, I'm omnipresent. So they remember me and they're constantly getting, you know, my content shoved down their throat every time they open LinkedIn. So then if there's ever a need for marketing social media, I want anyone who thinks of social media to think of me. That's my goal with it. So building those connections in the right way, but then taking the online connections offline. So um, Ellie and I actually met on LinkedIn and then we started messaging, we went for lunch. Um, and then uh, Leah, I, Leah Turner, um, I messaged her and was like, I love what you're doing, it'd be great. And then we met up and um, there's quite a few people from LinkedIn and I just message them and I say, I love what you're doing or people message me and then you jump on the phone and you develop these wonderful, offline relationships as well and refer each other work and 
help each other out. Uh, you just need to make sure that you're actually following up. Yeah, I really, really value that response. That made me think of something that I've not prepared you for, but YOLO, I'm going to just ask you anyway. How do you ensure from your own experience, so you mentioned there about connecting with people, messaging them and everything else, and I'm sure you must get the same in return. When you're reading like a, a cold message from someone, how do you filter out the noise where people are like obviously trying to sell you stuff versus the actual genuine person who wants to like connect and learn from you? It depends if they've engaged with my stuff before, if, you know, we've conversed in the comments, I know a bit about them rather than someone that's completely going in cold rather than a warm lead and depends what they're asking. So sometimes uh, I had this the other week, people ask me all the time to pick my brain. Can I just ask you, can you just look at my ads account for an hour or so next week? And I'm like, that's work. And when you say yes to one thing and helping someone out or meeting with them, you say no to another, which is my paying clients, my team, my free time. So is that if you just want to take from me and not still swap or add value, I actually made a Calendly paid for pick my brain. It's 50 quid. And then when I send that through, so I tell them, I've got to say no to something else now. Whereas I was like, oh, I can't believe you trying to charge for your time. And I'm like, that's how services work. That's marketing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You can't you can't pay your bills with vibes, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's really, really handy. Um I should absolutely steal that. I shouldn't even tell the recording, but yeah. Um so, for example, let's say you know someone, I'm just going off on a tangent here, but let's say you know someone or you have been that person in the past to, like, say everything, if say yes to everything, I should say. If there's somebody listening to this and they are that person who is just like, yes, yes, yes to everything, what advice would you give them outside of charge people? How do you advise them to sort of change that behaviour? I mean, I did that. I said yes to everything. I was working way over hours. I was giving out valuable information that I paid loads for in coaching and templates and stuff for free. And you just have to now ask yourself, is is this worth it? Or I'm all for helping people and, you know, 15 minute virtual coffee, if that's going to support them. But sometimes with events and things, if it's not, my ideal audience, if I'm not going to get content out of it, if I'm not going to be able to network and learn from the other people there and they're not paying me for it, then I've got to say no because I want to say yes to having my evening back or having the extra time to do proactive client work and all that kind of stuff. You just have to think of what's the return on investment, even if it's not monetarily. Yeah. You don't always have to go in expecting something back. I'm not about that taker or matcher mentality, but if they're taking from you, mm. aware of it. Yeah, that's really useful advice. Thank you very much for sharing. There's a, a couple more things that I want to pick your brains on. I could genuinely talk to you for hours, but I know how busy you are. Just want to go back to something earlier. So. I will admit on recording that I've been one of those people when I first started like 
dipping my toes back into the world of LinkedIn. I was reading about what people might find valuable and then naturally I fell into that rabbit hole of, oh, do this to achieve LinkedIn growth. And there's just loads of like hacks for the listeners and not the audio viewers. I did that in air quotes. But there was one thing that just kept coming up over and over and over again. So there was there's obvious stuff like, oh, post at a certain time or make sure you add a video or a carousel. Never be the first person to comment on your own post. Shove a link here, shove a link there. Don't shove a link in. Add a link in four years later. But one of them that stood, stood out was about consistency. And you mentioned that earlier on. So like posting every day. Is there, would you say, is there truth in that? So every single day posting, do you see some truth in that? Is there value to be had from that? Yeah, for me, definitely. You don't need to post every single day, but it depends what your goals are. If you on LinkedIn just to, you know, make some friends, meet other marketers, network and people in your industry, then you don't need to be posting every day. I want to grow my business. I want opportunities. I want to hire. I want business and to find events and have people sign up to my events. So posting every day makes sense for me. Yeah, makes sense completely. So there's a couple more things, and one of them you've kind of alluded to. Obviously, you don't have to be like 100% specific and say, this client did this. But if there's somebody listening and watching who, excuse me, might not still be sold, are you able to share an example where potentially you've won a client or you've won some business from LinkedIn or where link, generically LinkedIn has led to you achieving something else for a client? Yeah. Um, with my profile, I've got the link literally under my picture it says book consultation call so i had three of those booked this week uh from linkedin content we had a client from la that we got through connections on linkedin that see my stuff and then referred me on through work even though it wasn't them that needed it we ended up working with a lingerie in australia who found me on linkedin um with one of our well our biggest client right now they found me on linkedin um it's really great um and running um a linkedin profile uh someone said um initially they were really hesitant to do it and like oh it's just embarrassing i don't that's why people don't post they're embarrassed oh my mom's gonna see it my friends are gonna see it and you're like oh what the hell are you doing putting yourself out there <laughs> but i see it's more embarrassing to not be able to get a promotion because you've not sought extra opportunities for yourself in the business. It's more embarrassing to let someone go because you don't have the work for them. Mm. We've lost a client and can't replace them because your pipeline's dry. It's more embarrassing to not put yourself out there because if you don't post on LinkedIn, nothing will happen. But then for me, that's a problem. I want stuff to happen. So when we convince them, uh, yeah, let us, please let us post. It was three times a week. And this is my favourite bit of feedback. Uh, their ex started stalking them on LinkedIn. <laughs> they said, yeah, they've been, you know, I can see that they're looking at my profile. And if, if LinkedIn content, I don't know if the relationship will get back together, but that, that would just be... <laughs> 
One sounds so good, your ex even stalks you. <laughs> that could literally be the hook for this episode. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Before we part ways, there's a couple more. I've said that two minutes ago, but literally I'll just keep thinking of other stuff, so I'm going to keep you for as long as I've got you. In terms of the future, so... There's been loads of noise recently about Google and this is what's going to happen for like SEO and this is what's going to happen for PPC. What do you think the future holds for LinkedIn as a platform? Reach is drying up. Um, I think I was there right at the key point. I could easily, any post, get a few hundred likes with what I was doing and engagement was really high. Now it's much harder. I did posts last week that got four views, up 23,000 people, four people had seen it, never mind engaged with it. Um, but then I deleted it, reposted it an hour later, and it got 200 likes. And it's just, I think, because so many more people are now seeing it as more than just somewhere that you go to find a job, mm. and more than somewhere that people go to gloat and that there's actual value there. Way more people are posting. There's a lot more noise out there. So it is harder to grow now. And my growth was, was kind of like this, and now it's kind of slowing down. Mm. So it is harder, and you need to produce more content, and more engaging content, and make sure that you're standing out on there. So just writing the bullet points with emojis and the carousels about ChatGPT isn't anything new anymore. Mm. You really need to level it up and do something fun, or whenever you go into an event, talk about it, tag the people in, what are your key takeaways? You need to be doing stuff offline as well, which is my key thing. There's loads of personal branding agencies out there that don't consider the offline part, the speaking, the mm. podcasting and all the networking events and stuff that you can then talk about online, but it all works together. You need to consider both parts. So as the online slows down, you need to gear up the offline as well, because that's where real connections are formed. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's really useful advice. Thank you very much for sharing that. And then finally, one thing that I've not asked you about is the whole premium side of it. Is there value to be gained from it, do you think? Should people get it? Should people not get it? Essentially, what has been your experience with it, if any? It depends what you want it for. It's LinkedIn's the greatest platform organically out of all the mm. social platforms. Every time someone likes or comments on it, they inadvertently share it to their feed. So I don't think that there are benefits to premium unless you want to be going in and direct messaging cold people, but I don't think that's a good idea. You should connect with someone, you should engage with their content, you should build that and then go in as a warm lead when they're already a connection and you've already found some common ground. So for me, it's a it's a pass. And when I do see someone's use Sales Navigator to get in touch with me, it, it kind of makes me think, well, that's probably automated or, mm. you know, you've paid for that. You've not actually worked for it. You've not connect. You've not even tried to connect with me or engaged on my content. Brill, brill. 
this has been an absolutely fantastic episode and uh, I will of course share the links to find you in the show notes but for those of the audience who are going to press stop now before they do where can people find you follow you outside of LinkedIn um, I'm on I've taken over the company Twitter sorry everyone <laughs> <laughs> it's at FB comms agency but it's me really and um, Instagram at FB comms agency TikTok at FB comms which the other channels are neglected because I focus my energy on LinkedIn but we will do more stuff on there some point <laughs> well it's on recording now so you've absolutely uh, held yourself to it uh fiona thanks very much for being an absolutely brilliant guest uh i already can't wait to listen back to some of this with a pen and paper this time and be like right okay the very first thing i'll be doing is deleting all my scheduled carousels about chat gpt uh i'm joking i haven't got none <laughs> uh but yeah look that's been... good sorry they get low engagement but it's always valuable carousels that clients well leads or videos do shit in the algorithm but then that's the stuff that people message and say oh i found this really useful or i saw uh, this uh, one last night right. of gold there before the episode yeah. ends um brill thank you very much for the listeners uh please as always do like rate, share and subscribe as a reminder you can get this on youtube and as many of you choose to do watch this on spotify video uh, we will see you for the next episode and Fiona once again thank you very much for being an awesome guest. <laughs>